Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissist actors, directors, and producers. Here, we'll laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does, and they've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory. And this is May. And welcome back to another episode of The Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to do another in our series of verses. And we're going to do two iconic actresses that have, between the two of them, double-digit Academy Award nominations. They both hail from Down Under. We're talking about, of course, Nicole Kidman and Kate Blanchett. I will be the champion of Kate Blanchett. And May will be championing Nicole Kidman. I recommend that you go through the back catalog. I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is the fifth of the Versus series. We did Ben Affleck versus Matt Damon. We've done DiCaprio versus Bale. And we've done Bullock versus Robert. So this is the fourth one. So we're each going to take our turns. We're going to do an opening argument. We're going to talk about overview for Kate Blanchett. And then May will do the same for Kidman. And then we'll kind of review their major works. And then we'll talk a little about their personal life. And ultimately, the decision, the verdict is, whose life would we rather have? If we were one of these women 100 years from now, whose legacy would you want to have, both professionally and personally? So I will go first. I have Kate Blanchett. How many times has her name been mispronounced, you think, Blanchett? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. So they're both equal in age. I think Blanchett is, if I'm not mistaken, two years younger. And she is 53 years old. Mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett is from Australia. She went to NIDA, which is the National Institute of Dramatic Arts School over in Australia. And look, I think both of these women are obviously very talented and the reason why we did them is not only because they're similar in age and they're both from Australia, but they kind of look alike on one level. They're very similar in their appearance. And I think they're somewhat similar in the choices that they make. The reason that I think Kate Blanchett is somebody I would rather be is the obvious objective indicators. She has eight Academy Award nominations, eight. She has won twice, won for... I mean, I, I would say arguably, just like we talked about in, in Sandra Bullock versus Julia Roberts, like neither of them should have gotten it for those works. I think the two that she's won them for, Blue Jasmine and The Aviator, are not her best work. But either way, she has two wins out of eight nominations. And she has quite a lot of range. She can do a wide variety of accents and she can really hide herself in her performance. She's also very giving that she and her husband have run the dramatics art program in Australia uh, for some time. They just took it over and ran it on their own time and took away from her acting some during some of that time as well. I kind of like that about her. And also she's been with the same man for 30 years. So these are just some of my opening arguments on Miss Blanchette. What about you, May? What about you and, and the Kidman? Well, you know, I think that she's a beautiful woman. She's a beautiful actress. She's very versatile. She has so many different kinds of roles that she can uh, jump into. 
She's also from Australia. She's also considered, though, to be a bit of an ice queen at times yeah. in some of the movies. Um, but she can also do accents, too. She can do a British accent. She can do a Rossi accent. She can do an American accent. Um, but I consider her to be very a very sexy individual, uh, somewhat morose in a lot of her roles, and very intense. She has that intense look in her eyes all the time. And that, to me, really gets across a lot. So, um, yeah, she's born in Honolulu, actually, uh, in 1967, June 20th. Her parents, I believe, are psychiatrists or in the psychiatry field. Um, she's Catholic. She was married to Tom Cruise, of course, who was Scientologist, a Scientologist, but she couldn't stand that. So she had to go back to Catholicism, but we'll talk about that later. But she is, I do think, one of the great actresses of her generation, I if would, not of her time right now. So. I would agree with that. And I think both of them are beautiful in their own way, but similar in that they're both ice queens. You know, neither of them, I would say both of them are, are, are beautiful, right? They wouldn't be Hollywood actresses if they didn't have beauty. And both of them are aging very well. They're both in their 50s. And both of them haven't let go as some husbands will complain about their wives. They're both in great shape. Recently, oh, not that long ago, Nicole Kidman was in Pretty Little Lies, the HBO Reese uh, Witherspoon produced show, and she was nude in that. She did some very graphic sex scenes with Alexander Skarsgård, and she's in, in great shape. And both Kate Blanchett is in, is in great shape. You can see that most recently in Tar. But I think they both are both ice queen looking, right? They both look... Like they, they're almost like Tilda Swinton. I think Tilda Swinton is probably the queen of the ice queens. But I think both of these women are, are beautiful, somewhat sexy. But to me, neither of them are, are just effusing overt sexuality. I think they both come no. off a little icy. They do. But I do think that they are, they would be considered modern day contemporary goddesses their time so there's probably a reason for some of that iciness too if you look I, at the the traditional greek or roman goddess i, I think, could definitely see them play one of those goddesses so, before yeah. we go through the major works of each i think as a man i probably at their peak would probably have found nicole kidman more beautiful and i think her peak in terms of her beauty is probably late 90s early on like in dead calm and days of thunder she's got that She's got more of the chubby face. She hasn't done her plastic surgery yet. She's got the big curly hair. I think Moulin Rouge, she looks quite beautiful. So I would say it's like yeah. late 90s, early knots. And with Kate Blanchett, I don't know. She's like, there's like nothing objectively ugly about her, but I just don't find her to be beautiful, even though like objectively she's beautiful, but she doesn't, she doesn't harness a response for me in terms of beauty. I don't know if, if most men feel that way or is it just me? What do you well, think since I'm a woman, I I don't find her very very attractive. I think she's she's attractive, but I don't find her as attractive or sexy as Kidman hmm. for sure. Because hmm. Kidman has the body too. She's five ten. She has the long legs. She's a long tall drink of water. So statuesque. Um, yes, Blanchett just doesn't really exude the kind of beauty that. 
that Kidman does continually. No, I, I would agree with that. All right, so let me go through some of the major works. We're just going to have major works of each of these uh, mm -hmm. actresses and why they these major works are iconic for both of them. So Blanchett, I remember seeing her in Oscar and Lucinda. That's the Ray Fiennes Australian movie. And then she used that to parlay herself into Elizabeth, the first of the Elizabeths, where she plays Elizabeth the first. Mm -hmm. And uh, she got an Academy Award nomination for that. I think she's great in that. She's very young, but I don't know if it's necessarily worthy of an Academy Award nomination. Then I do. And I think she should have beaten Gwyneth Paltrow. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I would agree with that because you know how I feel about Paltrow. So, yeah, I think, I think, <laughs> I think like a monkey could beat Gwyneth Paltrow pretty much in any role, but that's neither here nor there. Right. After being on the ski slopes. Yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so she does yeah. Pushing Tin, which is a little rom com in the late 90s. She has mm -hmm. an uncredited appearance in Eyes Wide Shut, which, of course, you know, Nicole Kidman's in that. But one of my favorite roles from her is in Ripley. I mean, if we, we need to do an episode on just, like, how would you draft these five actors that that uh, that met, you know, cosmically met in the talented Mr. Ripley, Anthony Mangella's classic, uh, was a Patricia Highsmith novel, and then and then he made this movie. You think you got mm -hmm. young Philip Seymour Hoffman, young Kate Blanchett, Paul Trow, Jude Law, and Damon. I mean, God, I mean, what? what and they're all young. It's like Godfather, or you, to use two Coppola examples, outsider. Uh -huh or Godfather, just finding this young talent and just letting them cook. So she's great in that movie. It's a small, small role, but you know she's very mm -hmm. pivotal in that movie. Next, I think, great movie. She's in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. She has a very small role as Galadriel, the, uh, I guess she's an elf, the immortal elf. She's fine in those, but I don't, I don't, when I think of, when I think of her, I don't think necessarily the Lord of the Rings movies. That's kind of a paycheck movie she did. Veronica Guerin is a good movie, a little indie movie that she did about, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think she plays a journalist or, yeah, she's a journalist investigating some mm -hmm. drug dealers. Uh, the Missing is one where her kid goes missing in the Wild West. That one's pretty good. She's in Babel. Notes on a Scandal is a classic movie that she's in. I'm Not There. She plays one of the Bob Dylans. That's a movie that has three women playing Bob Dylan. That's 2007. Right. Then she does the sequel of Elizabeth, The Golden Age, which I think is all right. Then mm -hmm. 2008, she does the Indiana Jones movie that no one ever wants to talk about. But I think she does a good job playing the Cold War villain. She's the female with the very short hair. Remember, she's got the really She short does. Hair. She does do a very good I job. She, I think she's yeah. not the problem with that movie. I mean, the movie's got other problems, but she's not the problem with yeah. that movie. Then she's in Benjamin right. Button in 2008. She's great in that. She's quite beautiful in that movie, along with Brad Pitt being beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, then you look know, Blue Jasmine, she wins the Academy Award. In all honesty, I've not seen this movie. And I do think she deserves the Oscar because I really that's one of the few movies that I really enjoy watching yeah. her in. So Oh, I forgot to mention 2004. She she was in the Aviator, of course, her other Academy Award win. I think she's great mimicking Catherine Hepburn, but you know how I feel. I think there should be just a separate category, both man and woman. You can have them joint men and women, best best role of a real life person because i just mm -hmm. you know to me it's a different you guys i think yeah. it's more credit if you develop a role she's great as hepburn but you know i, I like i mentioned I, I don't think neither of those performances really demonstrate her range and her her ability and her talent blue jasmine as i mentioned i've not seen the woody allen movie that she got her academy award for best actress in so i can't really comment on that um 
Knights of Cup, Knight of Cups, that's Terrence Malick. I have not seen that, so I can't really comment on that. Carol, I've seen. She's amazing in Carol. That's that lesbian relationship in the 1950s with Rooney Mara. I think she deserves the Academy Award nomination for that. And then you look later on, uh, we get to Ocean's 8, which I think it's is a, a flop. Yeah, I mean, she's fine. She's doing the, the Brad Pitt sidekick character, and she's trying to to do like she's the Euro minimalist avant-garde, like she should be on Sprockets. That's kind of the way I look at her role in that movie. She's fine in that. She's fine. I think the movie isn't that good. She is in Thor Ragnarok, so she's got to dip her toes in the Marvel world to get some money off of that. And then you look closer to today, where you go, Bernadette, it's fine. And then of course she does Mrs. America which is a Hulu show where she plays Phyllis Schlafly. That's the one where she, and I think it's Rose Byrne, they, 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 they take place during the ERA movement in the 1970s. And she plays yeah. conservative Phyllis Schlafly. She does a great job in that. Very good yeah. job in that. And I think she wins a an Emmy for that. Because I do know that she does have an Emmy and I think she won it for that. I could be mistaken, but I do know she has an Emmy. And then she does Tar most recently, which she is amazing. And you know how I feel about that. I have not seen everything. So I don't want to comment on Michelle Yeoh's portrayal. Uh, but I think she was absolutely amazing in Tar. And so those sure. are the major works. I think what she misses from her filmography is that she, unlike Kidman, she doesn't do rom-coms. She doesn't do like chick flicks. It's all very selective, a lot of indies. A lot of movies with where the women play very complex roles, tormented roles. That's what her most famous roles are. And I think that contributes to her ice queen kind of feel. Whereas Kidman, which we'll talk about in a second, will do practical magic. She'll do yeah. Bewitch. She'll she will do these movies which sucked, to be honest. But at least she will do the rom coms. Go ahead. Well, okay. Kate Blanchett, yeah. I think she's really an Oscar machine. She yeah. really wants the Oscar, kind of like Frances McDormand. So she's whatever role she's going to play, it's going to be Oscar caliber. Okay, so but let's back it yeah. up, man. I think you're insulting Kate Blanchett by calling her on the same level as Frances McDormand. Frances no. McDormand has no talent. She's three. She's three best actress wins. And she's the same in every movie. So please do not put Kate in the same category. Well, I'm not insulting her because okay. I believe Kate Blanchett is probably friends with Frances McDormand. So well, I don't care. Don't put know, him in the same. I, I, Come on. I just, I'm just saying that the two are very much on the same track as far as wanting to be Oscar caliber. So and one of them is actually worthy of Oscar caliber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. All right, let's um, do Kidman. Well, you know, Kidman, I think she came out, she broke out her role in Dead Calm. Um, that was a wonderful movie <laughs> with uh, Sam Elliott, or not Sam Elliott. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sam, Sam Elliott. Yeah. No, it Sam wasn't Neil. Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Sam Neill. And yeah. Billy Zane. Our and Billy Zane, right. Yeah. And she just knows how to make that lemonade with, with whatever uh, narcotic she needs to get him to go to sleep. And then he's whatever. He's going to rip off her shorts and everything, and it's going to be all nice and sexy for her. And she ends up winning in the end by killing Zane. So Not I think that does, does, Zane kill, does Zane kill Sam Neill in that or just injures him? No, just injures him. Yeah. So 
That that is actually a really good movie. But her yeah. yes, that was before her plastic surgery. It was before she uh, used lemon juice, I guess, to to take out her freckles, and before her hair was all crinkled and nice and frizzy. But yeah, that was all before that. So um, next. She meets uh, Tom Cruise. She does Days of Thunder, Far and Away. And I think, you know, one of my top roles for her is Eyes Wide Shut because she just plays very, very sexy again in that movie. Um, well, know, we've, talked also... about, we've talked about in the pit and, and the Tom Cruise filmography, the three parts. So if you guys haven't checked that out, Jeff, check it out. Which, what do you think is her best out of those three? You think it's, because Eyes Wide Shut, she's only in it like 10 minutes, to be honest. She's not in it. Oh, she's in it much longer than that. I mean, she has to take care of the child, too. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's in it a lot longer than that. I, I would say probably Eyes Wide Shut and then Far and Away, probably. I do like Far and Away. I think that's, a, I like those yeah. kind of epic movies. I do like them. I do like yeah. that movie. I find it to be winning. But you know what? She also is so great in these thrillers. Like the others, which is uh -huh. which is a great ghost story in two thousand one, and Birth too is sort of like this reincarnation thing where she's weird movie, husband weird Mary, yeah, that she um, her husband's reincarnated into a kid and she thinks it's right the husband, yeah, it's weird. Like, <laughs> later later in her career, she does do those kind of weird movies, but let's stay in the nineties because you're let's not pass some peak peak great Kidman roles. Well, those are some peak roles for her, though, in 2000s. But um, what about uh, Bewitched? When was Bewitched? That was actually oh. down the road. I think you need to hit To Die For. I mean, To Die For is really yeah, I think to the die first for. movie I have where, that down to you. Where, where people thought she was a legitimate actor. Kind of like before that, you know, she was in Malice with Baldwin. Before that, she yeah. was just kind of a pretty girl. But I think it was, she got an Academy Award nomination for To Die For. And I think that was the first movie where people actually thought, that she was like yeah. a legit actress right but you know we we're not necessarily going chronologically on these okay well, you hit, you hit um, what, what you think are iconic kidman movies. I, you know i think another iconic kidman film perhaps is moulin rouge of course um cold mountain was a really great love story with dude law in 2003 mm -hmm. um Rabbit Hole is a good film in 2010 about her her baby, her her son. Um, that's Shia LaBeouf, right? No, that's not. Which is the movie she does with Shia LaBeouf? She doesn't do a movie with Shia LaBeouf. Oh, I thought she did do it. Wasn't there, wasn't she, wasn't he the one and they have an inappropriate relationship or maybe I'm getting her mixed up with somebody else. Yeah, you're getting him mixed up with somebody okay, else. Okay, go ahead, keep going. Um... Also, she's in, uh, of course, The Beguiled in 2017. Yeah, um, She's in Stoker in 2013, which is a great Southern Gothic thriller with Mia Wasikowska and Matthew Green. And um, she's also in Lars von Trier's Dogville in 2003. Yeah. And that's sort of a different avant-garde type film. Yeah, and Von Trier so, is the most nihilistic director. I don't like any of his right. movies. I just, you know, you just want to kill yourself after you watch his movies. <laughs> yeah, and also there's the the Stepford Wives mm -hmm. in 2004, The Human Stain. With don't, don't uh, forget the hours. She wins the Academy Award for that with the fake yeah, hours. I already mentioned the hours actually. 
I believe I did. No, you did. Yeah, the hours. She has her prosthetic nose. But she was also, I believe, nominated for the Human Stain with uh, Anthony Hopkins. But if we want to go back to the 90s, we can. We can go with George Clooney and The Peacemaker, which yeah. was a so-so film. Mm-hmm. The Portrait of a Lady in 1996 was Christian Bale. And To really? Die For in 1995 with Joaquin Phoenix, I believe. That's the so, one where yeah. she, she has the lover. Joaquin Phoenix is a lover that she convinces to murder her husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who who would you pick your top five Blanchette roles? Well, see, it's hard because I haven't seen Blue Jasmine, to be honest. So it's 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 kind of incomplete. I could probably give a a top five Kidman more because here's the thing: Kidman is more mainstream. Kidman does a lot of crappy movies like Stepford Wives and Bewitched and Practical Magic in Australia. Okay, and small so roles and just you, go with it and so forth. Let's just give our top five Kidman films then. In terms of like first. her her acting or like just the overall the movie being good? Um, just both, actually. I mean, yeah, the acting and the, the movie being memorable. Okay, so no particular order. I will go with Moulin Rouge, simply because she's singing in that movie with Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. And that probably is the movie that she will be remembered if the first movie that shows up on her Academy Award reel and in memoriam. I think if they have to pick one Kidman movie, it's not going to be The Hours because The Hours nobody watches and nobody likes. That had Julianne Moore and Meryl Streep in it. She plays Virginia Woolf. It's a horrible movie. It's a horrible... I, I reviewed it in, I think, revisiting 2003 when I, I think it, was, I can't, it came out in 2003, 2007. But the movie nobody watches, but everybody's seen Moulin Rouge. So I'm putting Moulin Rouge in there just because she sings and, and she you know shows a lot of range. Okay. I, do, I would do that movie. You know, it, it, it's a it's hot take. Like, what movie do I think she shows the most range in? A lot of the indie movies that she's done, like I, I would say like Rabbit Hole and The Paperboy, but these are small movies that pretty much nobody yeah. has seen. She was nominated for Lion. That movie's not good. That's the movie where the the guy's from India, and it's kind of like a chronicle of how he comes to to England. You got to kind of nominate for that. That movie's not good. That movie's not good. Okay, well, let me tell you the movies I think. Are oh, good. Let, let me let me give you let me give him my five. Okay, so just off the top of my head, I'm gonna go Moulin Rouge. I'm gonna go Dead Calm. I'm gonna go To Die For. I'm going to go, I do like Portrait of a Lady. I think she's really good pulling off the, the, the period movie in that, the period accent mm-hmm. in that. And I do like The Others. I think The Others is pretty good. That's probably my five. Yeah. So I have a lot of the same ones. I would go with Deadcom. I would go with The Others. I would go with Moulin Rouge, Cold Mountain, um, The Beguiled. And Stoker, because those are really, yeah, those are more independent films that garner should garner more attention, but don't. And they're dark, and they're very dark comedy type films that yeah. she's very good in. So, all right, let's go to this section where we say, could this actress have done this role? And I think we're gonna see a lot of yes, because they're very similar. I think Blanchett's a better actress; she's better classically trained. And I think she could outact Nicole Kidman, but Nicole Kidman is warmer 
and more personable and sexier. But let's just do some of the classics, okay? Could Kate Blanchett have done Moulin Rouge? No. I don't think so. I think she can no. sing too icy. Could she have done the hours? Um, possibly. I think so. Could she have done Cold Mountain? No, not with Jude Law. I think she could have. Maybe the chemistry wouldn't have been there, but I think I think she could have done it. Yeah. Um, could she have done mm, the Beguiled? Mm, yes. I think so too. Have you seen Bombshell where she plays uh, Gretchen yes. Carlson? I think she's good in that. I think she and Charlize Theron are actually pretty good in that movie. Uh, I think Kidman could have probably played that role. She got an Academy Robbie Award. Is good too, yeah, 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 that's true. Mm -hmm. She did. She got an Academy Award nomination for being the Ricardos, Kidman, and that I, was during COVID. But I've seen that movie and it's garbage. Yeah, because I don't think anybody could play Lucille Ball. Really. I, I think I think the movie is garbage. I think the movie in general yeah. is garbage. Okay, could had could Lanchette have done Batman Forever, where she plays the, and that is <laughs> opposite Val, Val Kilmer. She's gorgeous in that movie, by the way. Could she have played that role? No. You don't think so? No, I, I see a different role for Blanchett. Well, in 95, she's not even on the radar. That's the other thing is that, you know, Kidman, they're about the same age, two years apart. Yeah. Blanchett's doing a lot of TV work in Australia and doing a lot of theater. So she doesn't come out mm -hmm. really until 98. Whereas if you think of like Kidman in 98, Kidman's already done a lot of reformative work. She's done two cruise movies, Malice, to die for she's in batman right dead calm i mean she's got like this big running start on on blanchett right and that's probably because blanchett was more of a theater actress perhaps or maybe yeah, yeah. she was in school but could um, could blanchett have done the others um sure yeah i think so okay give me yeah. some could kidman have okay done could kidman have done Queen Elizabeth or Elizabeth. Uh, I, I just don't think she's got the gravitas. I think she's more mainstream. I, I think she lacks the gravitas. She would have looked gorgeous in the corsets. I think she could have pulled it off, but she would not have gotten an Academy Award nomination. Okay. Could Kidman have done Tar? No. No way. No way. Okay. Whatever. I was waiting for that. I was okay. waiting for Tar. I was like, Never. Well, I knew you were waiting for it. Well, I told you this privately. Tar is one of the best five female performances of the last 20 years. Okay, if that's your opinion. <laughs> Which you don't agree um, with. Okay, how about could, could Kidman have done Benjamin Button? Yes. Could Kidman have done uh, Ocean's 8? Yes. Could Kidman have done Babel? Yes. Really? Okay. How about Hannah? See, I think I think Blanchett has more of this icy steel where she can be a badass. And she's definitely more believable in like being somebody who knows hand-to-hand -hand combat and so forth. So I think Kidman, no. I don't think Kidman could do it. Kidman could have done the Lord of the Rings. Kidman could have been the Elf Galadriel. Galadriel. She's not okay. doing anything. I know she's in the Hobbit too, but you're just you're just a beautiful elf. Kidman will pull that off easily. Yeah, yeah, she could do that definitely. Could, could Kidman have done Catherine Hepburn? No, no, 
let me ask you because you've seen Blue Jasmine. Could Kidman have done Blue Jasmine? Um, she would have been able to do it, but it would have been her own her own interpretation, I think, which is a little bit different. Okay. Probably. All right, yeah. let's 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 go over to personal life. I think they have similar personal lives, but not too similar. Uh, Capelle and Chet's been married to the same guy for thirty years, and they mm -hmm. have three children that are all grown children, and pretty domestic, boring life. I mean, she was married to this guy before she even got famous, so it's kind of like you know the quarterback who marries his high school sweetheart because he doesn't trust any woman after he's become famous. They've stayed mm -hmm. together, and they, for all appearances, like they, they seem like Christian Bale, like we talked about in the previous episode. Seems like I have a very happy life. They run a theater company, and um, they seem to be pretty happy. They spend a lot of time in England, uh, more than they do in Australia, but uh, they seem to have a pretty tranquil life. What about Kidman? Well, Kidman, you know, she's supposedly found bliss with Keith Urban, the country singer. They have two little daughters. Um, they've been married for quite some time now, I would think, mm -hmm. for 10 to 20 years, I would think. Mm -hmm. um, she seems happy with him. Um, but yeah, she had a lot of conflict with Tom Cruise, with the Scientology, being Catholic and all. Um, Apparently, there were some leaks coming out that, that there were people in Scientology that intentionally tried to sabotage that marriage because they knew, of course, she wasn't. Scientologist and that was unacceptable and they couldn't risk Cruz yeah. leaving the, the faith and you saw that with Katie Holmes as well right you saw it with Penelope right. Cruz but so, I also know that they have two adopted kids yes a daughter and a son and I do think that Tom Cruise still spends time with those two kids but he doesn't spend time with Surrey but no. so I don't know what the deal is with that um, but yeah, I think Kidman also probably could, keeps in touch with her kids with Cruz as well, the adopted kids. So, you know, I do think she's a good person overall, just, just like Blanchett. I think they both do charity work and all, all of this good stuff. So, yeah. All right, let's get, to the, let's get to the big question then. I mean, they both have pretty successful relationships. She seems happy with Keith Urban. I mean, Tom Cruise, it, it, She's admitted that she, at one point, she said she was in love with Tom Cruise, that she'd always be in love with Tom Cruise. Now, she said that before she got with Keith Urban. But as a whole, it's not like they're both, you know, whoring it up in Hollywood like like some well-known actresses. So who would you rather be? So 100 years from now, whose career would you rather have? Whose family life would you rather have? Well, I actually prefer Kidman's filmography to Blanchett's. I like the, the different films that she's done. Um especially the independent films that she's done and of course dead calm <laughs> but um and she seems like she's in a happy marriage right now so she's you know it took her a second time but that's fine so i, I, I think kidman for me i think it's a question of like what do you want to be remembered for like this is kind of a bale versus dicaprio thing because Kidman has done a lot more movies not only because she had the seven year head start but she kind of like damon and affleck Damon will just crank out crap and and uh, you could say I, I suppose you could say Affleck has crank, cranked out crap too but Kidman has done a lot of movies that are just stinkers and I think Blanchett is more of the female DiCaprio and that when she does a movie you know she only attaches herself to movies that have a great script great director and great acting she does not have a lot of stinkers that she's headlining sometimes she'll do small roles you know supporting roles but if it's a headlining movie 
she's like DiCaprio. I mean, she's almost batting 100%. So it's kind of like, what do you want? Do you want a more mainstream career where you do have some accolades and are well regarded as a good actress? Or do you want to be somebody like Blanchett, who I think is more Meryl Streep? More peak, peak He's going Streep. To be She's going to be peak Streep. And, and you think, you know, they're, they're both in their 50s. Both of them, I would say definitely Kate Blanchett will have multiple Academy Award nominations in her future. And I think it's a question but, of, do you want to have the Oscar kind of prestigious career or do well, you want to have more mainstream? The analogy that you're making between DiCaprio and Blanchett is appropriate. But if we were really to look at also Christian Bale, he does not really have what you call the quote-unquote stinker. He has the high-quality, good director, good uh, filmmaking. Um, all of his films are quality films. Yeah, it's just, no, it's that, just that, that, that they haven't they haven't hit box office as much as like Dark Knight trilogy. I, but no, I really don't think there's a stinker at all. I don't, I don't agree. I don't know. Filmography, so oh, that is your my that's your confirmation bias for your crush. I think there's a lot. No, of no, no, no. I really have not believe. done well. What, what? Name me a bad. Name me a bad. Newsies. Newsies. Which one? Newsies. Newsies is not considered a bad movie. Newsies is considered a, a great musical <laughs> by Disney. You know, and you know, he was also in um, that that Bob Dylan movie that Kate Blanchett mm -hmm. was in. They were both in it. So they both played Bob Dylan in that. I would film. say that, that his, was a true his, independent film too. So I would say no, his he, role in the Edgar Allan Poe movie in Netflix was not well. No, received. that's a great movie. The Pale Blue Eyes. All right. All right okay. Oh my God, he plays a father. Look, for, if, know, if, a father even even I would daughter. be defending Amanda Seyfried and saying every movie she does is great because she's my celebrity crush. So no, 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 no. Let's just Bale. We've well, already talked about Bale. How can you say that every movie that Kate Blanchett and Leonardo DiCaprio is just this great headliner, and the, but that all of them are so good? When you're they are. Totally, no, they're not, actually. And, you know, not all of them. He he did growing pains, for goodness okay, sake. Okay, so that is a count. <laughs> We're talking about post-Titanic. Post pretty much every movie he does is a successful movie. And you look at Blanchett. So let's say she starts in 98. She's got 24 years of acting. She's raising three kids and she has eight Academy Award nominations in 24 years. It's one every three years. Kidman's got yeah. five overall okay, nominations. Okay, that's fine. I do agree. I agree with your analogy with Leonardo, but I don't think you should leave out other great actors in the cold. And say okay, that we're, we're, we're okay. or whatever. Okay, we're, we're not talking about other actors. Let's talk about Kidman and Blanchett because they're very similar in a lot of ways. And mm -hmm. I'm not disrespecting Kidman. I just think I would rather have Blanchett's filmography and Blanchett's life. In 100 years from now, she's probably going to be up there with Hepburn. She's going to be up. She's going to have at least 10 Academy Award nominations in her career. And if you look at yeah, that... Yeah, we'll see about that, but... We'll I, see I just about think, that. She's I, I just think that Kidman and will also have more Oscar nominations too. You know, I think these two are really head to head. You know, and it just so happens that she wants to pick a few mainstream movies to do that, like Bewitched, which I couldn't believe, and The Stepford Wives. But 
practical yeah. magic, the peacemaker. She magic, has sneakers. Right. She's done she has but, sneakers. You know, that's just her choice, her choices that she made. But she's also been in a lot of good Oscar caliber roles too. So again, it, it's what what do you want? Do you want to be mainstream with some laud and some praise? Or do you want to just be Oscar bait doing extremely good movies? You sprinkle a little MC just to get some money, of course, like every actor needs to do. But essentially, is always doing great work. Doesn't work that often. I I would her- love to do. I would love to do mainstream kind of movies, except like MCU mm. or, or DCU or whatever. Um, and yeah, I would like to do a lot of independent films. Actually, if okay. For me. Well, I, I, I would rather have Blanchett's filmography, but uh, I, I respect Kidman because she is a practicing Catholic and I'm a practicing Catholic and she's never lost her faith. So in that regard, I would like to have Kidman. But if I'm just looking, no, I mean, because we always have to look at personal life and career. I can't mm-hmm. parse the two. So I would say I'd rather be Kidman. I know yeah. that's hard for me to say because yeah. I think Blanchett's a better actress and will be better respected in the long run. But Kidman has more middle America appeal. Kidman is uh, more beautiful. Okay. Kidman, I, think right. it, but I want Kidman. you to take back the thing about my crush on Christian Bale because that was just something to tell you that you actually said you would be preferring his his filmography actually in his personal life. I do. I would when because, we did that, I don't, so. because I don't know Bale and DiCaprio's religion. I don't think DiCaprio practices anything. But so yeah, if there's I don't Hollywood leftist, then it nullifies mm-hmm. the, the, their faith out. And I picked Bale because I think Bale is a better actor. But in this case, because we only got a minute left, in this case, if I'm looking at the composite life, I'm picking Kidman because Kidman does have the Oscar prestige. She is talented, but she's more middle America and she is more beautiful and she is a practicing Christian. And so for that, I will take her as Blanchett is kind of a leftist atheist. Uh, but I do respect her career. All right. 30 seconds. What's your last take? Oh, you know, I, I agree that I would prefer Kidman's philography, cool. Kidman's personal life, I guess. But I think Kate Blanchett probably does have a really great husband and yeah. three kids. So yeah. you can't beat that either. So. All right. So we're both going with Kidman. May, I appreciate you coming on. Next episode, we're going to do Kevin Costner versus Mel Gibson. Oh, Take yeah. Care. Take care, May. Uh, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.